Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey there folks, welcome to another edition of Day After Dynamite. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. It means it's time to ignite the dynamite, the day after the dynamite. I'm Will Washington, but I'm not alone here. I have a guy who uh, may look familiar to some people, because uh, for all the dynamites that this person has uh, attended over the last year... Uh, hell, last two months. Last two months. Uh, you definitely got some something out of this last one. Uh, it's a resident gum collector, Caden Lee. Yeah. I'm a gum collector now. <laughs> Apparently so. You had MJF's gum thrown directly at you during MJF's entrance. The man looked you dead in the eyes. Made a strip right there. I, I, and the funny thing was, the way it was brought to my attention was I was only like halfway paying attention to MJF, MJF's entrance, his music hits, and I get a text from Caden that just says, Let me know when you see it. And I went, What is it? And I look back up at the screen, and literally there's MJF and Caden having a stare off, and then MJF takes his gum and just throws it at Caden. Yeah. How you doing, Caden? I'm doing pretty good. I've, it's been a, a whirlwind last 15, 16 hours. A lot's been going on. I've gotten a lot of texts, a lot of tweets. <laughs> don't know how to feel right now. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what do you do with this? Uh, so, yeah. I, I'm told you still have the gum. I do. There's the gum. <laughs> I do have the gum. All right. Uh, well, I was—I uh, may have been told by uh, MJF specifically that if you sell it, you that he is entitled to a cut of it. So uh, 
there's that too. So let's uh, talk about a lot of things. But first thing I want to let everybody know is that with this being Day After Dynamite, don't forget that you can send us your super chats. Uh, YouTube.com slash Fightful is where this show normally goes. While you're there, leave us a thumbs up. You're sitting right there. Just hit that thumbs up right there, and then you don't have to think about it again. Or go to other accounts and keep hitting those thumbs up. But either way, leave us a thumbs up. But also, don't forget to uh, leave us a super chat. Help support what we do here. You could be like Black Macro Kid who says, Alexa, how do I become a can of green spray paint? Uh, and we'll, we'll be talking about that. Uh <laughs> And then also, don't forget, you can also send us your Humper Chats. Those are found... <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I have a piece of celery that's suddenly deciding to go down weirdly. But... Uh, so, <laughs> what was I even talking about? Oh, yeah. Humper Chats. Humperchats.com is the way to send us uh, a Humper Chat. And you can send those really anytime. We get those all throughout. You can send those really anytime during your day and as long as we see them uh when the show begins we'll go ahead and discuss it and read it here on the show uh we got this one here from jason r and i'm trying to gather all of it so bear with me now uh let's see because it's it's a long one and i want to make sure i get every single bit of it in here because sometimes you have to get the humper chats into different Humper chats. So there we go. All right. Jason R says, I may be the exception, but I sometimes enjoy the more promo heavy shows AEW does pre pay-per-view to set things up. Tonight's show felt like it built on and set up more matches at the pay-per-view. What, uh, what think you, Mr. Will and guest sending before show. So don't know guest. Well, guest was there. So, uh, that's, it's also always an interesting take because I think one of the things AEW does best, if you've ever attended an AEW live show is, um, the the live match experience, I think, is kind of unmatched. I think AEW does it better than anybody. And so what's always interesting about that is uh, promos, like, I, I love a good promo. I very much do. However, when I'm at a show live, like, the experience I want are the matches. I want to see people freaking wrestle and do it well because that's the live experience for me i want to be engaged and, and get into it and and uh anything that gives me that that one two kick out feeling i love that right mm -hmm. so it's always interesting to think about a promo heavy show um do you necessarily feel like you're getting your money's worth when you go to a more promo heavy show that's that's kind of tough because AEW's kind of prided itself on making sure that you're going to get your money's worth match-wise when you pay to go to an AEW show. Now, I would say you, going to last night's show, you got both Rampage and Dynamite. I'm not going to spoil anything from Rampage, uh, but there's some big happenings on Rampage. Mm -hmm. um, you kind of get a confirmation of two Revolution matches that aren't on the card at the moment. And so that's... Uh, there are matches we knew were happening, um, at least if you've been paying even half attention. But uh, you get confirmation of two matches that weren't on the card previously. And so it really does come together. And I think you get uh, one particular match that, from what I've heard, was better than anything that aired on the main show. Uh, close. Close? 
Okay. Fairy culture. All right, fair. Either way, I know for me, I thought that. um, So there's a lot to talk about today. We got a lot to talk about because uh, the funny thing about AEW to me is that, uh, and it really represents to me what kind of a show Dynamite has been over the last few years. Uh, Dynamite, of course, has been around for the last four years now, or three and a half years. Uh, we're kind of well into its run. Dynamite has really gotten its or established its footing as good television. Like even in that run last year, where it felt like week to week things weren't necessarily feeling the best in terms of progression, the individual shows were still hitting. And I think that's the thing that AEW's kind of had going for themselves a long time. Um, you think about just in 2023, we've had. Um, what I would feel is a really great run of shows, really starting on that first week of January in Seattle uh, all the way up until last week. I said all that to say that when a show doesn't hit, my God, is the sky falling. Uh, and my God, is that the case today? Because uh, people are basically like eulogizing dynamite today. Uh, and that's usually what happens when a show doesn't hit. I mean, you look at its cage match rating. It's one of the lowest episodes um some are calling it one of the worst dynamites of all time uh and it's a show that for a lot of people just did not click um didn't really have a match that clicked for a lot of people uh and here we are now talking about it the next day uh it's a bit of a post-mortem show to discuss like kind of what went wrong here and i think the big thing on it was you could kind of see it going into it. People looked at the card and went, uh, really? For Dynamite? This is a Dynamite card? Okay. Uh, and, you know, I mentioned to you yesterday, because you were talking about it as you were heading to the show, and how you thought it was one of the weaker cards for a show you've attended. And uh, one of the things that has been noted pretty much since the tickets went on sale, this is at the same Auto Arena, by the way, in Laredo, Texas. Uh, this arena was famous for having the return of John Cena last year. Uh, and also literally the go-home show to the Royal Rumble, the SmackDown right before Rumble was literally in that building, which I think played a big factor in the ticket sales in this building. I think that uh, when you look at how closely the tickets went on sale to each other, um, you know, I think you're, that's a tough one. I think a two-week difference, and it was only two weeks between these shows, I think a two-week difference is a hard sell for a lot of people. And for the most part, AEW has done a pretty good job of avoiding that kind of a two-week thing or at least beating WWE to the punch if they are that close together. Some may recall famously a year and some change ago, I think it was December 2021, so a year and two months ago, uh, WWE ran the... uh, UBS Arena, right? UBS Arena on Long Island, New York. Uh, and AEW got their tickets out first. The AEW show actually came afterward, and they outsold them there. But I think it's just a case of right now, WWE has a really hot product. And I think when you have shows that close to each other and fans are kind of forced between choosing between the two because, you know, when you're within two weeks, you're asking people in a market to spend more than once, uh, I think that... A lot of people chose the SmackDown show. I think that's just the the fact of how that went. So, again, I said that is this a chicken or the egg kind of thing? 
Mm-hmm. Are the ticket sales low because the card is bad, or the is the card not so great because they knew they didn't have the crowd for a uh, for a banger type of show? And I mean, when you listen to the crowd, that was the first thing I noticed uh, at the top of the show was, "Ooh, this is a more subdued crowd." Orange mm-hmm. Cassidy didn't get like that hot reaction he normally gets. Literally next week they're going to be in Phoenix, Arizona. I feel like if I were putting together cards, I would definitely be saving my big matches for that rather than Laredo, Texas. Like this, this is not the first Texas city to let AEW down. By the way, uh, Corpus Christi, most famously, uh, is a city that AEW has not returned to. Um, because, not far from Laredo. It's about an hour and a half. Yeah. Well, that show was also at one point considered one of the worst episodes Dynamite's ever, AEW's ever done. And the uh, by the end of the show, I remember that was another one where people were eulogizing AEW. Um, there's a there's a pattern here, and I get it because AEW doesn't have kind of a sense of permanence in a lot of people's uh, lives, right? Like when people hear. Uh, when people talk about uh, all elite wrestling, I hear a mic shuffling around. By the way, but uh, it should was... yeah, it should be good now. Okay, so uh, one thing that a lot of people tend to do when when you're dealing with something that's still relatively new, it's not like uh, a WWE where it's a company that's been institutionalized in in people's minds. And there was this almost survivalist mentality in the '90s when we were watching the Monday Night War, because WCW hadn't necessarily been around um, a terribly long amount of time. It had, of course, been the descendant of Jim Crockett promotions and things along those lines. But at that same time, WCW was relatively just as kind of fresh of a product as WWE, which was a product people got to know in the 80s. So anything could have gone wrong in the 90s to drive them under. So back then there was this kind of cutthroat sense of neither of these two things have this massive sense of permanence. Any one of them could go down at any point. Uh, And there wasn't kind of this permanent adjustment. Whereas WWE now has had decades upon decades upon decades of existence. People feel comfortable. A Raw show stinks. You move on to next week's. SmackDown stinks, whatever. It's just another SmackDown. But I think AEW is still in that mode with people four years in where when an AEW show is bad, there becomes this big discussion of, well, what are they going to do? Is it over? Are they ever going to get this momentum back? Who knows? Um, It's always fascinating to watch. And I don't necessarily know that the discussion is wrong. Uh, I just Mm -hmm. know that it continues to happen and it's going to happen every single time a show doesn't deliver. Um, This show... I didn't have high expectations for as far as the card was concerned. But, uh, yeah, I came away from it mostly just like, eh. Uh, I I wasn't like, obviously, I didn't drive four hours like you did. So uh, I didn't have a massive investment in this. Also, shout out to my Denver Nuggets, but they were also playing at the same time. So uh, I will always get a Nuggets mention. And you know why I'll get a Nuggets mention in, Caden? Why, Will? Because the Nuggets are number one in the West. The Nuggets are 40 and 18. Do you follow much basketball, Caden? No. That's okay. My dad has a saying that he likes to throw out there when it comes to basketball teams. As you know, maybe you don't know. NBA teams play 82 games a year. That's a thing most people know. My dad has this go-to. My dad's a big basketball guy. He's taught me everything I know about basketball. He's the reason I'm a fan. It's our biggest connection. We call talk basketball 
once a day. That is our bond, is my dad and I bond over basketball. My dad always says, truly elite teams will hit 40 wins before they hit 20 losses. That is his general rule for um, the elite teams of the NBA. It's a rule that's really never failed him. And uh, he brings it up fairly often. And I called him when the Nuggets hit 40 and 18 to basically say, Dad, the Nuggets are are that elite team. They hit 40 before they hit 20. So, because my dad's a big doubter, he's 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 been doubting the Nuggets this entire time. He's like, you know, I'm just waiting for the bubble to burst and everybody everybody who's riding this high of this team that's never been to a championship, that's never won a championship, all of its fans like me to finally feel like, okay, it's finally happened and. But the thing is, the Nuggets have never, ever walked into All-Star break. And All-Star break is this weekend. They have never walked into All-Star break with 40 wins. They are 41-18. and 18. This is the best starting record the Denver Nuggets have ever had. This is my team. This is what I do. <sighs> Look, and this may not be the year. They may fall apart. They could come back from All-Star break. And Kevin Durant and the Suns run all over them. I could see that happening, yeah. of course. But right now, this is the best I've ever felt about my team's chances for a championship. Let me have this, people, because I may not get to have this much longer. I've never gotten to have this. It's mile high time, baby. It's the Nuggets. Best team. I'm, Will, I'm, I'm very, very happy, happy for you. I'm very happy. Thank you. For you. Thank you for being happy for me. But the Nuggets were playing literally at the same time as uh, as Dynamite being on, or at least through the second hour. It was like the last 45 minutes. So I was like between both Dynamite and uh, the game. And of course, the Nuggets were playing the uh, Dallas Mavericks. And the big discussion around the league right now b- among fans is who is the MVP and the top two people. Uh, there's three really people bring up, but uh, mainly the top two that everybody brings up is Denver's Nikola Jokic, Dallas's Luka uh, Doncic. Yeah, um, but here's the funny thing: uh, Luka had a better game than Jokic last night, but the Nuggets won. Nuggets won. So the discussion remains: who is actually uh, MVP? Can you really say that you're truly the MVP if you're leading your team, but your team's not winning? I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't think you really can, can you? Um, I don't th- I, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm of the belief that you can be an amazing player and put up an MVP caliber season, but if your team is garbage, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah, and I'm not saying that Dallas is garbage because they, yeah, they, they, garbage. they play. They're, they're but, I will, but I will just say, and that was the thing that was getting me, was that game at the half. And I looked at it at halftime. I believe it was 61-44. And as I tweeted, Luka had 23 of the 44 points that Dallas had scored. So I'm looking at that like, okay, he's clearly outplaying everybody on this court. But also, you need a team effort here. And the thing the Nuggets have is amazing chemistry. That's my team. And I'm... Looking forward to All-Star Weekend. This is going to be a crazy weekend for just all things because we got uh, Elimination Chamber. 
we've got uh, NBA All-Star Game, and we have Battle in the Valley, New Japan. There's a lot that's happening all at once. Twitter is going to kind of be dominated by a lot of different conversations. Um, it's one of those things where I think any other week in Elimination Chamber would be the number one trend. But I have a hunch that uh, NBA All-Star, per usual, is going to dominate because NBA mm-hmm. Twitter is simply bigger than wrestling Twitter. It just is. Yeah. And that's something wrestling Twitter had to find out the hard way that time that Dynamite aired after an episode or after a, an NBA game and uh, all those NBA fans were dogging on Jericho. I remember this. I remember this. They were like, Ayo, what's Jericho doing? Why does he look like a, a what, did, what did Ricky Starks call him in San Antonio? An what, air fryer? Yeah, he looked like an air fryer. Yeah, that was a good like an air fryer. Yeah. So, but that's the thing is that was that was a big wake up call for wrestling Twitter. I think in general of like, uh, we have a, a big world of fans, but the NBA is bigger, and yeah. NBA fans are uh, more active on Twitter. They just are. Yeah. Um, but anyway, want to talk about some of the news going around. Uh, of course, Fightful Select had a story yesterday about Thunder Rosa, and she had a meeting last week. She was actually at uh, AEW in, in El Paso, Texas, and uh, being there, she she had some amends to make. She uh, had what was described to Fightful as a productive meeting with the uh, women's locker room talked about you know, some of the issues that had occurred during her time there. And um, she took accountability for her contributions to those problems. Um, and a lot of people think that the uh, not only was the meeting productive, but uh, those that Fightful talk to feel like, you know, th- we can kind of clean the slate here a little bit. Um, that, you know, sometimes people aren't going to get along and that's okay. Uh, that's professional wrestling. You know, Sean reported that story uh, last week about Swerve and Ricky Starks not getting or getting into it at Double or Nothing 2022. Uh, And that's one of those stories I've been holding on to a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Like when Sean asked me about it, I was like, yeah, duh. Um, But just for like a few details. Um, But one of those things, but the thing about that is that's the story I was referring to when people brought up Brawl Out. And I had said that, look, sometimes people don't get along in professional wrestling. And like, it's not the end of the world when people were talking about, because it wasn't just Brawl Out. It was when um, some stories were coming up about uh, uh, the beefs with Andrade and uh, Sammy Guevara, things along those lines. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of discussion around that. But one of the things that I had said was, look, I know of other stories. And there's other ones I do know about that, again, if nothing came of it, it's not worth reporting. This The only reason that the, the, bra, I mean, that the Double or Nothing uh, story between Swerve and Ricky Starks ever came out is because they finally told the story on the cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, that wasn't something that needed to be out there because nothing came of it. It wasn't. Um, a necessarily relevant story uh, at the time. And so, because, yeah, they they had their issue for a minute. Uh, they were told, ah, get over it and work together. And, okay, and they, they squashed it. They got over it. They moved on. Uh, but if you watch the match, you can kind of tell the spot where the miscommunication took place. But um, 
either way. And there's others. And my point with all of that mm-hmm. is sometimes things happen behind the scenes because it's pro wrestling. At the end of the day, it is a a way more competitive environment than people think. Uh, that even when AEW started, I think when AEW started, there was kind of this collective vision around things where people were like, hey, we're all in this together and we're all here to see this company through to it being the best it can be. But I think as you bring in more and more people, everyone you hire is going to feel like, hey, I want to be the next top guy. This person you hire, hey, I want to be the next top guy. Everybody wants to be the top guy. And it is competitive in the sense that uh, even though there's no competition happening on screen, there's competition for the top spots, there's competition for the fans, there's competition for all of that. Uh, And everybody wants those spots. And in that sense, things get competitive. Not everybody's going to get along. That's the way pro wrestling works. So as far as Thunder Rosa is concerned, she's back in the fold. She's going to be doing uh, Spanish commentary, as she announced, and she is going to have more of an on-screen presence um, as she rehabs her way back to health. That is good. And I think it is good, ultimately, that, like, look, you don't have to like anybody that you work with. And that goes for any work environment. You don't have to like anybody uh, as long as everybody is committed to still doing the work. It's all good. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think that, and again, that also occurs in WWE. And I know of WWE beefs that exist. And again, not worth reporting if Mm -hmm. nothing's coming of it. Because at that point, it's just a personal uh, vendetta between a couple of people. But sure, I know of plenty of people who don't get along in WWE in in those locker rooms. It's, uh, I know people saw it last year as a big AEW problem. I don't think it's that. But so, of course... Uh, it, it was an AEW problem in the sense that it got to a place in the public eye it shouldn't have gotten. And that's where it became an AEW problem. But mm-hmm. I think as far as locker rooms are concerned, it's going to happen. So, but that's it. Of course, when one person who's been out of the locker room since, oh, I don't know, All Out, has uh, is now talking about making amends and coming back, that brings up another person who has been out since all out and uh people want to see make amends that's right folks i need to get a graphic for this it's time for your cm punk discussion of the week or as it (laughs) used to be called in the rbr days the uh punk watch 2008 um i should just like take that sound effect and reuse it and turn it to (laughs) punk watch 2023 um but first off i want to give a shout out to for your wear who says what up everyone just coming by to show love thank you for your wear always appreciate you uh orion bid 666 says cal california and bubblegum lee let's do this thank you uh and we got uh, Redmond says, uh, we're getting Cole versus Hobbs. Cole said next chapter. That's a good observation. I had that same thought. Uh, and uh, he did emphasize chapter. And a lot of people are reading into that is, is that the person he's uh, targeting for revolution? Um, I have no idea. I've heard rumors but uh nothing concrete enough to say anything about and then i've seen the speculation of course that people are like well um cole's last match was against uh jay white that would be kind of one to bring things full circle if that's what they were going to do and the switchblade Uh, pinned them too yeah so either way punk watch 2023 
what's the deal with CM Punk? Is he going to come back? Uh, and obviously, there's no real new information on that. He's still not ready to come back. Uh, I mentioned on Grapsity this week, and I think this was an important thing to call out that, look, maybe Tony was just talking because he talks. Um, but he, of course, did an interview on uh, WTF with Mark Marin. It was a very good interview. Listen to the entire thing. Listen to all of it, by the way. If you get to listen to 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 Bryce, to um, to uh, MJF, all of it, great, great stuff. But one of the things Tony said, as and it was just something he said in passing, but it was very interesting because I feel like it's kind of the first time he's addressed it that way. But in talking about all of the events of last year, the way he described CM Punk's current status was that he's injured. Yeah. Um, and it was a very passing comment. He was just like, uh, he said that, you know, last year we had a string of things happen um, where, you know, Adam Cole had come back from, you know, the shoulder injury. Uh, he wrestled at uh, Forbidden Door and then he gets injured again. And then he mentioned CM Punk became world champion, got injured, and then he returned and then got injured. And so, like, the way he described it, he didn't mention a suspension, didn't mention any of that. He just noted CM Punk is injured. And I thought that that's, that's a good first time thing I've seen that as. And I, I thought that was interesting. And I don't know if that means anything, but I think it is, uh, I think it is telling that, you know, before anytime CM Punk was brought up, it was just kind of a flat out, I can't talk about that. Uh, and then it mm -hmm. kind of eased up and it's like, well, you know, I'll talk about what CM Punk did last year. And that was, you know, he was great. He was great as far as TV. Um, and now there's this kind of discussion of uh, him simply referring to CM Punk as an injured wrestler, I think is, uh, I don't know, might be good news. Who knows? But also the big thing people are talking about out of CM Punk watch is Cody's comments on CM Punk. Cody mentioned that he found Punk's rant to be disappointing. And he just called it a bummer. And you know what? I feel like Cody was as right as anybody could be on that. I actually very much enjoyed Cody's remarks. There are some people who thought uh, that Cody just feels like a corporate snake in his comments there. There are some who felt like he was throwing CM Punk under the bus, that he wasn't giving the elite any accountability and things. But I feel the same way I've always felt about it, which is that, again, things happen in pro wrestling behind the scenes that some people don't get along over. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it even slips into on-screen products. Example, Hangman Adam Page saying what he said in his promo. Probably shouldn't have done that. CM Punk responding by calling out Adam Page in unscripted fashion. Definitely shouldn't have done that. And sometimes we've seen wrestlers get potatoed in the ring for... This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time, but... 
the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Or, uh little things whatever but my issue has always been with the fact that nothing was as bad as the gripe bomb there is nothing that whether you uh feel punk or whether you feel hangman was wrong whether you feel uh cm punk was wrong for the stuff that happened on dynamite there was still to me nothing as bad as the gripe bomb um, about everything that was said there, everything that was dragged out there. I didn't like any of that. And uh, to this day, I still feel like that's the biggest problem. Um, everything that took place afterwards, again, you know, behind the scenes fighting is bad shit. Probably shit we wouldn't have even known about had, again, the gripe bomb not happened. That to me is still the worst thing that took place. And I get what Cody's saying and that that was the black eye. That was the bummer, especially when you think about the hype going into all out. And one of the things that, uh, Tony Khan had talked about in interviews where he was like, you know, after all out, we're going to have the best roster we've ever had. Um, you know, some of the things he discussed of, Hey, we're going to have Kenny Omega back. We're going to have CM Punk on the roster. We're going to have Swerve Strickland, Keith Lee, like all of these guys who have not been on the same roster at the same time. We are going to have as soon as all out ends and MJF is back. Let's go, baby. This is the best it's ever been. And then it's like, actually, no, it's not. Uh, and so that's, I just hope that. Again, not everybody's got to be friends. 
not everybody's got to get along. But I do hope that we do get to a point of where we can see that roster that we've wanted to see all this time of all of these guys on the same roster at the same time. That's what I'm after here. You know what else I'm after? What are you after, Will? Will Washington! <laughs> Why is this dork on the show? What are we doing? Oh. Um, well, I wanted a, as you can see, I wanted a firsthand account from a true gum collector. <laughs> <laughs> I called him a gum catcher earlier, but I didn't know <laughs> that's what. That <laughs> um, so again, most of the things I had typed out <laughs> were uh, relating gum to come, and I thought, nah, I'm, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> oh, I, I went full bore with it early on the spotlight today. I was like, can we get away with calling you a gum catcher? I don't know if that works or not. Kaden, it's good to see you. I did say nice things about you at the end of the show today. I, I'm only mean because I love you. Hope you know that. I know. I know. Okay. All right. All right. Well, how are you? I, I missed last week. I was in the car for nine hours driving, so I feel like it's I know. been a while. Yeah, we missed you. You missed Tom Campbell last week. I was very disappointed when I saw you at Tom Campbell on, and I was not able to do a run-in because I was driving the entire time. Yes. Well, next time, no more driving. <laughs> next time i will not visit my parents i agree <laughs> yes <laughs> that's right um, well well we got to talk we got to talk about basketball because that's the only i just I did a whole bunch of talking about basketball and i think people are going to be pissed if this takes any more than like two minutes so let's nah. go nah that's fine <laughs> I, I still believe i still believe in our nuggets will i i ain't worried about fucking kevin durant and and his injury issues all right i ain't worried about him I still believe. Yes, I uh, agree. Um, I I know that, like, even Vegas is basically like, actually, you know what? Uh, the Suns are now the favorites to win the Western Conference, and the Nuggets have now dropped to two. No, don't buy it. Don't we'll, buy it. We'll see. Keep- I don't buy it either. I still believe in the Nuggets. I still believe in Nikola Jokic. I still believe in Jamal Murray. I still believe in Aaron Gordon. I still believe in KCP. I think this team has it. I think that Thomas Bryant was a great pickup. I think that Reggie Jackson was a great pickup. And that one. I'm a little more iffy on. I mean, look, Reggie Jackson (laughs) is from Denver. And so I'm just happy for him getting this homecoming because it's one of those things where to return home to the team that you grew up with, I think is always a cool thing and a cool thing to watch and see happen. And I'm just, it's a, it's a cool little homecoming for him. That's all. Sure. I'll never be a fan of Reggie Jackson after the way he uh, left OKC and everything with that. So I, uh, that is, that is a uh, uh, high on my list of people. I'm not going to, to root for, but I will root <laughs> for the upcoming three-time MVP. Nikola Jokic, because that's going to happen. Uh, and Chi-Town Spurs, I'm going to put this up there. Uh, Westbrook to the Clippers. We can only hope. We can only hope Westbrook to the Clippers. I'm rooting for this so hard. I called it on FMC. I said 100% guarantee, mark it down. It's going to happen. And so I just want to be right more than anything. But I'm, I'm Westbrook to the Clippers would be so interesting, mainly because there's all this talk of where is he going to end up. And to it's end Clippers. up back in crypto uh yeah he ain't gotta move he's gotta like move his stuff just across the hall or something he doesn't have to move houses or anything 
that's why it's the ideal scenario. Moving sucks, Will. I mean, oh, I, we've all moved before. It sucks. Sure. Absolutely. I'm at a point in my life, though, where I would, I am beyond moving myself again. Uh, I have now accumulated too much stuff. And I said to my wife after our most recent move, which was five years ago, and just think about five years more of stuff that I'm like, nope, hiring movers after this. I have reached the point in my life. I can't do it anymore. Um, We did our last move ourselves. And is there like a... You know what there needs to be? Does this exist? Otherwise, I'm giving away a good idea on a stream. But um, is there like a Uber for movers where you can literally just like keep the service like on your I phone? Think so. Is there I think okay? Where like all of a sudden you just get like a little alert that pops up that says, "Hey, this person needs something moved ten feet from you. Can you go help him real quick?" Yeah, I think there's. I, I I think I heard about that because my mom suggested it when I was moving into my apartment a few months ago. Okay, good. Like just somebody in your complex is just like, hey, good idea. If it doesn't exist, then you know you should definitely patent that one. You know, speaking of moving, Will, Caden has been moved from the stream. All right, I'm out of here. Hi, Kaden. I'm out of here. Bye, everybody. Everybody, enjoy the dynamite talk. Bye, Kaden. Bye, Jeremy. You know, find some actual gum. Do you still have the gum? Is it still there? Show it off. Oh, my gosh. Cut your nails, Kaden. No. Cut them. (laughs) Cut your nails, kid. Kaden, are you going to Revolution, by the way? No. No? Okay. You're going to miss out on all the fun. I'm, I'm perfectly fine not going. Yeah, no, I uh, I will be there. Um, it's it's gonna be the all three Grap City members will be there, so that'll be fun. Uh, and of course, Denise will be there. Still waiting to find out if uh, Cher Delaware will be there. She is. Uh, she won't find out till last minute, and that sucks. So uh, it was between Revolution and going to LA for Mania weekend, and I chose Mania weekend. I may not be able to make me any a weekend, so I'm glad I uh, I chose. Like, had I had the skip revolution and then found out that I couldn't make me any a weekend, uh, so, and I explained this to to everybody, but um, I mentioned that my daughter has her yeah. her play that she's in. She's going to be singing in the Adams Family play, uh, and what I'm finding out is that finding a flight back to make it in time is proving to be very very difficult uh and so i may just have to miss the whole thing there's kind of no way and there's between being in la wrestlemania weekend and uh being at my daughter's play it's not a chance can't do it uh let's see we got uh van twin blade says leave him alone he's just a boy (laughs) so Again, and then Van Twinblade also sent in a Humper Chat. Uh, this one says, 10 days till Glory Pro Anniversary 6. Uh, Jody Threat versus Blair Onyx. Swade versus Davey Richards. Eddie Kingston versus Mike Outlaw. Tootie versus Heather Reckless. Cody Lane, Jake Something, and Dak Draper versus Dad Horse and Ethan Price. Uh, we got Wasteland War Party versus Hustle and Muscle. And Myron Reed versus Camaro Jackson. Love it. Shout out Van Twinblade, always with the Glory Pro plugs. I mean, look, 
I mean, you're paying for these as Humper Chats, so they're basically paid ads, kind of. Um, and uh, we'll do it. Why not? So, Dynamite. Laredo. Dynamite. You got there. Was the attendance as dire seeming as it felt leading up? So, I texted you before the show. Like, right when Elevation was starting, I'm like, oh, wow, there is nobody in this crowd right now. It's Elevation, so I wasn't worried, especially... They tend to start Elevation a little early, though. Like, they start before the top of the hour No, they started at, like, a little after after six. Really? Okay. Yeah, they they have been starting it earlier, and they started at, like, maybe Mm 6.05, 6.10. It was a little later. It was a shorter... It felt like a shorter Elevation than normal. But, yeah, they... It was... It, it filled up throughout, but it was pretty much exactly down the center, right? Where you would cut the arena in half is basically where the crowd ended. At that point, right. there was nobody on the other side besides. Yeah, I know they people. didn't even sell the production holds. So yeah, there were a few people sitting in the production hold tickets. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if they were like media or comped or whatever, but they were there were people sitting in the production hold seats, and that was it. That was the only people on that side of the venue. And then besides that, like it, it did, I thought it filled on that, what they did sell, I thought it filled up fairly well, but it was just, I mean, you heard the crowd noise. Yeah, it wasn't as hyped or hot as the show has been in Texas in yeah. the last like four or five months. Uh, and so the show kicked off with an eight man tag. That was announced on Rampage last week. We saw uh, quite an interesting lineup of people, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, because it was the acclaimed Orange Cassidy and Billy Gunn versus the team of Sanjay Dutt, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Satnam Singh. And... uh, one in a billion, Satman Singh. Yeah. <laughs> so, Max Caster's rap definitely ruffled some feathers, didn't it? Uh, so, of course, the show opened with a graphic for the late, great Jerry Jarrett. And uh, so, of course, what we were told was that um, Jeff Jarrett was going to work. He wanted to wrestle. It's the thing he did best. That's what his. Uh, um, that's what his father would have wanted. And so that's what took place. All right. I see the chat talking about yes. the rating. Yeah, and it's I, bad. I, I haven't seen it yet. So, it's bad. Uh, like, seven bad? No, no, no. Not that okay. Bad. All right. Like, that's what I was thinking was going to happen. So um, uh, I'm guessing mid eights then? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. It was 824. Eight is one of those okay well uh yeah you did spoil um oh i didn't know sorry i didn't (laughs) okay Uh, yeah so i I was i was but again i I was expecting something in the seven so uh either way the uh going on we'll we'll talk about it here shortly i didn't even see where it ranked but uh so here we are the max caster rap he brings up Jerry Jarrett. Now he finds a way to be respectful to Jarrett, uh, but then 
turns it over to uh, Jeff and uh, big ol' insults. As a matter of fact, I just want to... Let me find the rap itself. I feel like I can't do it justice unless yeah. I'm actually reading it and I know exactly where to find it. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I'm right. Uh, yeah, I actually knew exactly where to find it. <laughs> so he said, yo, Jeff, I heard the news. That's too bad. Your dad was a legend, but you're just a douchebag. Um, and he said, we're coming in like an asteroid. You're a nepotism baby, just like the ass boys. Uh, whew. The opening line, I didn't think Max would reference it at all. I felt like that's probably one. He could have uh, backed off of. And so that ruffled some feathers. Either way, opening match. Yeah, I thought the crowd was going to be a lot hotter for this. When Orange Cassidy's music hit and it felt a little silent, I thought, uh-oh, this is the night we're in for, isn't it? And yeah, it was a fairly, I thought it was kind of an unremarkable opening match. Uh, what did you think of it being there? So first we didn't hear like his commentary mentioned the thing about Jeff Jarrett saying that he wanted to wrestle. We didn't hear that in the crowd. So seeing the rest in peace, Jerry Jarrett in memoriam uh, tribute at the start. And then you go into first Jeff Jarrett coming out as a heel. Mm -hmm. Just, I was just like, okay, I, I guess now we're booing him. I, I, I think I said out loud to the people around me, I was like, I don't want to boo this guy right now. Like it just felt wrong. And then they do the rap. And it, I don't, I don't think it was as bad as a lot of people are making it out to be. I, I think it's a little bad faith, a little bit of a bad faith take, because if that happened, I would assume that Jeff cleared the line. That's that's at least my guess. And I would hope, but even then, like it's still, I think it just it, it, in the perspective and I, I think perception and perspective, uh, yeah, perception is what I meant. Uh, perception is very key right now with AEW. And I think it was just, it gave people something to talk about that could be taken in a negative light. But in terms of the match, uh, I can tell you, I had to rewatch this today because as soon as they made their entrances, I went to go get food because they say everyone loves the acclaimed. Well, not everybody, because I, I got a hot dog and I got Gatorade. So I watched this later. You're but, not a acclaimed fan, huh? No, I am not. It's all yeah, I, it on. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I wasn't into this match. This wasn't for me. Um, and I thought, oh, we are. This is the show we're into. Uh, we've got a ways to go. And uh, we already get straight into the next match. Roosh versus Preston, or Roosh and Preston Vance versus the Blackpool Combat Clubs, Claudio Castagnoli and John Moxley. Um, I'd say this got the crowd hot. I felt like the crowd was into this. This was a Texas Tornado tag match. I love Tornado tag matches. Um, yeah. Oh, man, the, crowd, the, the chat has turned on you, by the way, uh, for turning on the acclaimed because I don't know if you knew this, Caden. Everyone loves the acclaimed except Caden. Except me. Yeah. 
Um, we did see the acclaimed later in the show, by the way. Um, and I'll just talk about this now since we're on the topic of the acclaimed. Uh, and it was announced initially by Renee Paquette that they're doing the exact same thing they did last year, which is that uh, this coming Wednesday we're going to see a uh, the traditional revolution battle royal. And then the week after we're getting the casino uh, battle Royale, Tag Royale, which is more of a Royal Rumble with tag teams. I actually like that match better. If they have to keep one of the two, I'd rather they keep the, oh, another triple threat. And then uh, then the acclaimed walk in and announce that they're invoking their rematch clause, which seemed to be a term that sets people off. Um, and hey, guys, the problem with the rematch clause as it was uh when to me when i got sick of the rematch clause it had nothing to do with the idea of a rematch clause existing it had more to do with how much it was relied on to create a series of rematches i can appreciate the idea of using the rematch clause to insert yourself into another match rather than um simply doing the same match again that's my problem with the rematch clause and that should be the problem with the rematch clause is when it's like hey i just lost but let's do this match back again um but if it's like a hey i lost but now because i i once um and it's one of my my favorite like fantasy bookings i've ever done but uh there was one time and i'm holding on to this one uh <laughs> that i'm not gonna get too far into it but i once like wrote out this story that revolved around a rematch clause and it was uh, it was where a belt had been basically uh, in a long story short kind of way. It was where a belt had been hot potatoed enough times to where in a month to where suddenly multiple people had rematch clauses and uh, and were all entitled to one. <laughs> and it was a it was a way to book like a fatal five way type situation where if the belt had hopped between these. T- multiple people and all of them are now entitled to this rematch so which one gets it well we all do and that was like my way of coming up with this match it was one of those like ewr scenarios i had come up with and i thought you know what that's a good use of the rematch clause actually i love the rematch clause if it's being used in a scenario to create a different match um if it's a rematch and granted aw's full of those right now and even this uh this card uh, for Revolution has a number of rematches on it. Um, that much I'm, you know, I've always been down on. But anyway, Blackpool Combat Club versus Preston Roosh. Uh, this was, I think, intended to be kind of a make or break moment for Preston to basically say, uh, answer the question, does he belong? Um, I don't know if that necessarily got answered here. How did you feel about this match? So I have no idea how people felt about this. I did because I was just not checking Twitter. I was just trying to enjoy it. I loved this. I had a really good time with this match. I, I like a nice, bloody, brutal battle, especially when I ended up accidentally following Mox and Claudio out of the tunnel onto the floor. So I was on the floor trying to get to my seat while everybody's brawling in front of me. So that definitely like adds to it because you're kind of in the middle of the action. But I think everything that they did here just really worked for me. I thought they did a good job of utilizing the tornado tag and 
using the steel chair. Jose with that really stiff shot to Claudio was awesome. I liked the I liked Preston using the the chain when he wrapped the chain and then Claudio used that and made his uppercuts even like worse than they already are. Mm-hmm. And the finish was just brutal. The, the what was it? I, I always forget how to say it. Is it Jushi Jushi Katami? Jushi Katami. Juju Katami. Okay. Yeah, say it fast, fast enough, and nobody will care. <laughs> Got it. And then he also, but he did that with also having the bulldog still like kind of locked on. So I, I thought the finish worked here, and then I thought Preston did a pretty good job. It wasn't amazing. I did, wasn't blown away by anything Preston did, and I haven't been for the last few weeks. But I thought he played his role here very well, and it made Mox look great going into this Texas Death Match. Um, you know what I came out of this match thinking about? So, of course, we're only a month and a half away from Supercard of Honor. Mm-hmm. And also, we have Ring of Honor TV launching uh, literally next or in two weeks. I'll be uh, there. On, on Thursdays. And so there's... Did you get your ticket already? Yep, I got my tickets. Good for you. Uh, I And I was thinking about what's next for Claudio. And this match answered that for me. It's Roosh, isn't it? Uh, like, as these guys were kind of going at each other, I thought, and commentary is making note of the fact that Roosh, former Ring of Honor world champion, and I thought, yeah, this is it. This is the one. Roosh versus Claudio actually makes perfect sense. It's act- This could actually be a really, really good match. And what I want to see between these guys, let's go for it. Um, and let's do Claudio versus Roosh. Uh, so I'm in. I'm all in on that. Yeah. One. I Rouge has been on this incredible run the last few months. I think he's like stepped up with Andrade being absent and I kind of think that he deserves a title after how good he's been. Yeah. I guess we'll see. This uh I felt like this match was kind of the I won't say the entire peak of the show. Um because there was some other stuff on the show I liked. Uh but then, and sorry, I'm pulling the results back up. Uh, just trying to remind what came up next. So then backstage, Hangman is hanging out, and he gets jumped by Kip Sabian, Butcher, and the Blade, um, which I think was to set up a more competitive match because at this stage, this is not fight for the Fallen uh, to 2019. This is AEW Dynamite in 2023, and Kip Sabian and Hangman Adam Page are not on the same level Mm-hmm. But if you want to have some kind of a competitive match, you got to set it up to be one. And I think that's what that was designed to do in the back. Uh, we then go to a sit-down interview with Jim Ross and Wardlow. Not what I was expecting. Very heartfelt. Wardlow talks about his relationship with his father, losing his father uh, to cancer. Uh, over, he talks about the fact that his father was there when he was a little kid, but then wasn't there much when he was going through his adolescence but then his father re-entered his life and uh you know the one of the last things he told his father was that he dreamt of being a pro wrestler very heartfelt stuff uh and then he mentions how he grew his hair long because of what his father had gone through and that that was uh important to him and so he uh he then brings it around to the fact that Joe knew that and that's why Wardlow cutting his hair or that's why Joe cutting Wardlow's hair in Denver was such a big deal. Now I would have preferred this in reverse. Uh, 
I think Joe cutting the hair would have gotten a bigger reaction had this been something we known or we had known rather than something mm-hmm. that was kind of tacked on uh, because this is a that that actually makes this very important. This is a big deal, and I wish that uh, like I said, this was something that we probably could have been made aware of hell. I would have made people aware of this right before full gear. I think that had this been something that was in the back of people's minds, then when Joe had cut his hair in Denver in that TNT title match, which I was there for, yep. I think that would have kind of struck more of a chord with the crowd. Um, I think, honestly, Wardlow came off very good here. I think he sounded very good. I think he sounded very comfortable. Uh, there didn't seem to be any noticeable um, cuts to things. I think that it just came off very good. So to me, um, this was kind of good for the feud, more of what the feud needed to make it personal. But I think it would have helped if it was sooner. That's all. What did you think of this? So they did not show this to us in the venue. So I watched I this figured. today and I had heard, I had heard a lot of people talking about it. So I was kind of, I was interested to see what this was and how I was going to feel. And I thought that this was probably Wardlow's best character work, at least in a really long time. Like definitely since the MJF feud, I thought he did a really good job here. He spoke well, pre-tape obviously will help him a little bit, but I think he did a really good job of telling the story and the ending where he was speaking to Joe directly into the camera, I thought really worked. And I'm now more interested in the rematch. I still don't love it because I just kind of don't care about the rematch between Joe and Wardlow all that much. I care a little more because now there's at least emotional stakes, but just, I don't know. This isn't really working for me all that much. Yeah, uh, I, I'm curious where they go next. Because uh, the odd thing is, I'm like, do we stop Wardlow right now? I mean, do we stop Joe right now when Joe has had um, some very good stuff coming out of his TNT title runs? I would say no, King of Television is good. On the other hand, I do think that there's a greater slate of heel opponents than baby faces right now. And uh, I don't envy being Tony in that situation. What do you do? Uh, Mac says, hearing that the elites contracts are coming up, if you were Tony Khan, would you re-sign them to just talent contracts only, or would you allow them to remain EVPs in the company? Um, I mean, it depends on what they want to do. Uh, I think that it's, uh, I think people kind of undersell how much for the show the EVPs really do Mm -hmm. and, uh, how much they're relied on especially when it comes to um tag wrestling and some of the things that the bucks have been able to kind of impart on some of the other teams um some of the things kenny's been able to do um so i don't know uh as far as yeah the elites contracts are coming up you know the elite uh specifically said um the bucks noted that you know they've got about a year left um we reported on fightful that you know negotiations have begun on that um Matt and Nick, you know, they basically talked about it on BTE. They had a little bit with uh, with Christopher Daniels where they had noted that there was contract negotiations going on. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like the Elite. I think that there's a lot that they bring to the table as both, um, I mean, especially as talent. 
I think that, uh, honestly, I would love to just fucking keep everybody. Like that. That's ideal. If Tony could have that roster that he was right on the brink of having, uh, going into or coming out of All Out, I think that's like the ideal scenario. Uh, but we will have to see. We also got one here from uh, Orion Ben Six Six Six. Says AEW folks, no one cares about the Golden Globes. It's true. Uh, Corey says going to the AEW house show next month. I'm hyped. Hope you have fun there. Um, mm-hmm. Give us our board. Let us know what uh, what that means uh, or what it what things. Let us know how the environment is and uh, how the shows end up playing out because I think those could be a lot of fun, especially knowing who you've got on that card to start. Like yeah. just knowing you're going to get to see John Moxley in that situation. Yeah, that's um, all I need. Right. Give me John yeah. Moxley and I'll have a good time. We then saw Mark Briscoe versus Josh Woods. You like this match? Tell I love Mark Briscoe. I do do as well. He we got the graphic afterward. Yeah. Uh, after this match, um, Tony Khan announced that Mark Briscoe is all elite. Yeah, I am a huge fan of Josh Woods. I've loved him for a year and a half, maybe two years now. Because pure wrestling is my favorite type of wrestling, and I think I've told you this. Like I I love pure wrestling. Like the the pure rules matches in Ring of Honor. I know that a lot of people are like, oh, they're a little complicated. And I'm like, no, give me all the rules. Let me have something different. I love it. And Woods is one of the best at that type of wrestling. He is a legit uh, U.S. What do they say? He's like a he's a U.S. national wrestling champion, like legit wrestling champion. He's fantastic. So I was really excited to see what they were going to do here. I don't I didn't love the match. To be perfectly honest, I I loved seeing Mark Briscoe out there. I liked seeing what Woods was going to do, but it felt, it felt a little, I don't know if maybe the crowd, because the crowd wasn't super, I was surprised the crowd was not super into Mark Briscoe for most of it. There were a few moments where they got in, but I was trying to get a Dem Boys chant started and that did not work. And that just kind of took away a lot of my excitement, but I, I liked what they did. I wish they got a little more time and were able to do more because it felt a little like they were in that like level, but they never like they're in the second gear, but never kicked it to the third gear. Uh, yeah, I definitely felt like um, I would have maybe given Mark a little bit more of a. Um, I would have given him more of an opponent that I think the fans could have sunk, sunk their teeth into a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like the fans have been given enough with Mark uh, with um, Josh Woods. I think that Josh Woods himself needs to kind of still be paired with guys that uh, that are more prevalent on the show if he's going to to have a presence. Otherwise, I can see this being a match that will kind of take anybody out of the show, and uh, I want to see Mark Briscoe succeed. And so. Um, you know, of course, I appreciate Mark all around, but I can't help but think about those things as I'm watching it. But then we get to the top of the hour. MJF's entrance hits. Caden's got some gum. Got flicked right at me. And so here we had MJF cuts a promo on uh, Brian Danielson. I actually think 
to me, this was peak content in the show. I liked everything about this. I think that uh, MJF, I think he's, uh, and this got some of the most heat in the show, actually. Mm -hmm. It finally felt like the fans were coming alive for MJF. Uh, I think think everything he had to say about Brian Danielson uh, was pointed, um, but solid. You know, he talks about Brian being a great wrestler and being all these great things, but the thing you're not and you haven't been and you failed at every chance you've gone at it is a champion. I enjoyed all of this. Uh, and then he reminds us that there is one person who knows about Brian Danielson quite well. And uh, and he's going to say some remarks. Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels comes out and he admits that MJF paid him to come disparage Brian Danielson. But actually, he hands him the money back and tells him he's not going to do it. And he tells MJF that... MJF has no idea what he's in for at Revolution. And Brian Danielson uh, helped basically create the revolution that led to AEW, that he helped start Ring of Honor, and Ring of Honor led to the creation of AEW. And uh, Brian Danielson is the reason that the fans are in the building today. That that was all good stuff. And, of course, then uh, MJF tries to stop Christopher Daniels from leaving the ring. Christopher Daniels slaps MJF. MJF low blows him. And then Danielson comes out for the save. How was this in the building? We'll start with that. So this was awesome. I mean, obviously, besides me getting flicked in the, the right in the nose, I got like right here with the gum. Everything about this was like, this is what I have been wanting from MJF. I, I really despised what he did with in the Takeshita promo did not work for me whatsoever for a million different reasons. Part of it's just personal things that I've gone through, experiences I've had, but I just didn't I didn't like that side of MJF. And then he got to being the devil and he did the dark devil stuff. He cut the uh, the the car crash promo lap cr car crash promo last week that I thought was also just fantastic. And then this week he's back to tormenting the crowd, but he tormented the crowd in a way that I thought wasn't the super it, it was back to what he was like peak mjf in like 2021 when they came back and were on the road again and he was tormenting the crowd but it wasn't the lowest hanging possible fruit that was like oh we're hearing this it was like oh that's a creative line like like what he did in cincinnati is the one i think of immediately that that pro, the, the mid promo I, I love that it's one of my favorite examples of a heel just tearing apart that city and so I, I thought he did a really good job there. And then even before when he was tormenting the crowd, flicking gum at me, he kissed a fan's girlfriend and then flipped off the boyfriend. He threw a fan's phone. He spilled drink. He spilled a drink on somebody. He got in everybody's faces. And then he, before they came back from commercial, he cut the line about the, the kids being aborted, but they're in Texas. And I was like, oh my God, what is going on here? It was just, we really worked for me, like the heel work there. And especially doing it in picture in picture is a good way to like antagonize the crowd. But you can get away with more because you're not on TV. You're being shown on fight. You're not being shown on TBS. So he can say worse things and mm -hmm. nobody's going to, like nobody in the States, they're not going to get in trouble for it. And I thought that was a really smart thing to do. And I think that's, I just thought I was like, oh, that's a, that's an interesting way to go about getting this crowd riled up. And 
the promo itself was great. What he said about Brian Daniels coming out, giving the money back. And then I got to dance to Danielson's theme after. So I was happy. This is great stuff. I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Um, bold prediction, actually. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm reading the tea leaves differently than a lot of people are. But at the current moment in time, I actually think Danielson's winning at Revolution. I do too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Is that, is that a crazy thought? So, this was last week. I started thinking. I was like, I think they're going to put the title on Danielson. And I, I was think like, they've, so. been leading, they've been leading so much into the reign of terror where I'm like, they've got to do something where everyone's expecting Danielson to lose. But I, mm-hmm. I think that the, they're going to swerve us on this. And for the, because Tony, I love Tony. I love Tony. But some of the booking sometimes can be a little, to me at least, a little, I can like, I can call it. Like I mm-hmm. called Christian Cage returning last night. Right. I, I called this. I called the Texas death match. I called this in November, right before Hangman returned. I was like, oh, Texas death match. That's going to be the stipulation that they're going to do at Revolution. Called it. And I would really, I think with the predictions as a lot of people are like, he's either going to hold the title throughout 2023 or he'll lose at winner is coming to potentially Ricky Starks to run that back a year later, same venue, everything. But this time he loses to Ricky. I would like a swerve, a legit or like Tony was like, Ooh, I told all y'all, this is the plan. I got y'all on the road, but Oh no, pulling it. I'm doing something different this time. I, I, I just, I think, Something about even the way things are playing out and the way, you know, MJF keeps reminding us that Brian isn't, uh, he, he can't get it done. He can't win the title. Every shot he's had, he keeps coming up short. To me, I keep looking at this as, is he? Are they setting us up to break that? Because usually, uh, I know sometimes it's WWE thinking, but I feel like you hammer that in when you want that in the minds of people. So that when it happens, he uh, the the fans are legitimately surprised and feel good about it. And I kind of think Brian Danielson is going to win that hour-long Iron Man match. And I think that Christopher Daniels and everything Daniels said there is going to be vindicated. Um, I don't think it'd be a long reign. As a matter of fact, a month later, they're in MJF's hometown. That's almost the way to get it back on him if you needed to do it. Uh, where if you needed to do kind of a short Danielson reign and then have MJF kind of like flip it and, well, ne- this time I'm going to be in the favor of the crowd and you're not going to be. And then do it at UB. Because, yeah, they're running UBS Arena April 9th. So you could literally run that back and, uh, and give it kind of a different scenario. That and, I, yeah, and maybe I'm leaning into the this this quote a little too much, but Tony was talking about Brian being in the G1, and said we can't lose him for that much time. He's got a championship match coming up. He might be champion by then. That I mean that that's I, I that's just, the kayfabe thing. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I, like I think I'm I think I'm definitely reading into it a little too much. But that also it makes it adds to it a little bit to me. So I don't know. Um, that's one of those things that. I would, I would like to see if you know being there at Revolution. Um, I think that'd be kind of a cool moment. Yeah. It would also kind of complete a 
five pay-per-view streak of look there's five AEW pay-per-views i don't know if you've recognized this kaden but of four of the five thus far of the last five have ended with the new champion being crowned it would kind of complete the of all five revolution last year did not so i'm starting straight up at double or nothing new champion and cm punk then you had Forbidden Door, new champion Moxley. Then you had All Out, new champion oh, CM right. Punk. Yeah. And then uh, I miscalculated. Yeah, Full Gear, new champion MJF. Eh, why not? Let's just complete the streak. And <laughs> new champion Danielson. I just feel like Danielson has lost enough of these scenarios to where I personally wouldn't do it one more time. I think that uh, what is Brian Owen to? So he's 0-2-1 in title matches? Yeah, because yeah, he tied with Hanger the first time so I was that there would be the that. one, yeah. And then he lost, and then he lost to Moxley. Because he lost to Hanger, and he lost to Moxley. Yeah, so he's 0-2-1 right now. He's kind of do one. Yeah. Um, so there's that, I think that. And yeah, Hangman retain, retained Scott in the chat. So It's Adam Cole. Against Adam Cole, the Adam versus Adam matches. Yeah, uh, March, match. I, that was March sixth, twenty twenty two. Yeah, I was there, and was there. Were you at that show? That was the first. I technically met you the day before. Oh, okay, that's right. When? Yes, that would have been at the uh, the concert. That's right. Yes. yes. Okay, I remember all of that. Yeah, of course you were there. Um, like there's a Florida show happening. Of course you're there. Yeah. Of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, uh, yeah, they, we, there was the let's go Adam, Adam sucks chance. Yeah. Great stuff. Anyway, I thought that was the peak of the show because the rest of the show um, continued to kind of to fall down. I didn't understand the need for Jack Perry versus Brian Cage if you weren't going to do anything different than the last match, which we just saw this match. Weren't you like at one of the shows they did this match at? They did this on December 14th. Winter <laughs> is coming. Garland, Texas. Curtis Colwell Center. I was there. I was ringside. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really remember you were there for this. You had to see this match a second time, yep. and it didn't, they didn't do anything different. That no. was that was the big issue I had here, and this is feeling like a lot of AEW lately has been yep. just a lot of the same matches, and uh, I was very annoyed by the ending. I thought, wow, they, they didn't have anything new. And then, yeah, Christian comes out, and uh, I was very happy to see Mr. Cage back. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the Brian Cage. Was that the reason they did this? Was this it? Was it the. I, I kind of think that was the reason. <laughs> I kind of think so. I think it was like, was Tony just popping himself in the back? He's like, oh, I got Christian Cage. Who can I book? I'll book Brian Cage. Cage and Cage. <laughs> this was it, wasn't it? This is the entire reason this 100%. match was booked. Because I can't think of why Brian Cage needed to be the opponent for Jack Perry, but it really was just to have Cage avenge Cage here, wasn't it? Yep. So, yeah, we had uh, Christian Cage did make his way down, though, and he hits a... uh, uh, So, he lays out Jungle Boy with uh, pepper spray. And then, uh, afterwards, reveals his arm is okay, that's good stuff. I'm happy to see him back in the ring. Christian is one of the best. He has not gotten to have his true match with Jack Perry yet because at All Out, um, we found out Christian was injured, and so they had to kind of throw that match out. So Christian 
is back. He hits a kill switch on Jack Perry. That looks like that's probably going to be one of the matches we get at Revolution. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Close that match out. Or close that feud out. I was actually just watching. I tweeted this earlier, but I was watching Double or Nothing 2021. Were you at that show? I feel like you had to have been at I that show. I was at that show. Yep. I was also at that show, but I hadn't met you yet. Uh, no. But I was at... Um, I met Rich Lotta at that show. But uh, I hadn't... So being at Double or Nothing 2021... It's a. I just rewatched it just because. Uh, I don't know why. I think I just threw it on just to do something while, or have something mm-hmm. on while I was folding laundry. Anyway, said all that to say that when <laughs> uh, I got to the casino battle royale, the last two in that match were oh, Christian okay. Cage and and Jack Perry, yep. and that's where the story began. That's where mm-hmm. all of this begins. Christian, of course, hugs Jack Perry and. They become the full-on Jurassic Express family, all of that. And I just thought, my God, this is still going. (laughs) It's going two years later into... uh, Because that was the feeling people had that night. People were like, oh, Christian's going to turn heel and drop Jack Perry. That's how this is going to go down. And he didn't. They joined forces, but they're like, ah, he's playing him. So to think about the fact in Van Twinblay says, it's because they are cousins talking about uh, Brian Cage and Christian Cage. Although, if they really wanted to spice that up, they could have done it on Rampage. Uh, But, (laughs) so, yeah, we're going to finally get the proper singles match that we haven't gotten. And this should be good. I'm actually looking forward to those two. Yeah. But the match itself, Jack Perry versus Brian Cage, who fucking cares? And then we had Adam Page versus Kip Sabian. Again, felt like... uh, just a throwaway thing should not have gone through a commercial break, but I get it. They Adam Page was, of course, selling, being beaten up by Kip Sabian and Butcher and the Blade backstage. Yeah, this wasn't no good. Yeah, this uh, happened. It happened. And uh, after the match is over, Blackpool Combat Club makes their way out. John Moxley tells Hangman, I don't know what you're after here. You know, I beat you. And Hangman said that, uh, you really happy with the way you beat me? I thought right then and there they could, you know, the way Hangman was talking about how I was the one standing, and I'm like, oh, they're gonna somehow get into a last man standing stipulation. And I kind of hate that AEW's last man standing match is named Texas Death Match because I feel like not enough people know that, and people consistently go, what's a Texas Death Match? And I think this is one of those cases where last man standing was. Uh, one of the more is one of the more important things they should have done. Uh, made that distinction because the way Hangman was talking about how I was the one still standing, that's like the perfect note for Moxley to respond. Then why don't we prove it once and for all? You and I, last man standing. Promo writes itself, but for him to be like, Well, I was the one standing, and then the, for Moxley to respond, Texas Deathmatch. <laughs> it's like that. Not, even in I Texas, know what it did not yeah. get a pop from the crowd. Right. I'm like, I know what a Texas death match is. Uh, but because in AEW, Texas death match is what they refer to a last man standing match as. But uh, I just felt like in the context of things, they could have just gone with last man standing. Yeah. Um, that can't be a trademark WWE owns uh, as far as that I match don't is think concerned. So I think they've done it in other companies. Yeah. So 
honestly, I would keep... Like, I know the match is going to be a last man standing match. That's what the AEW's version yeah. of Texas Deathmatch is. Because they don't go... Their Texas Deathmatch rules are not the Texas Deathmatch rules of the traditional Texas Deathmatch. It's just yep. last man standing. Let's just call it that. But anyway, mm-hmm. before that, um, we had the Dark Order made their way out because Moxley noted that Hangman doesn't have any friends. Here came the Dark Order. Hangman keeps trying to tell the Dark Order, hey, leave me alone. Uh, but... Evil Uno stood up for Hangman, got in Moxley's face, pie-faced him. Next week, we're now getting John Moxley versus Evil Uno. I liked Evil Uno here. I did. But I'll tell you what I didn't like was uh, the crowd here. The crowd was not giving these guys much of anything. Nope. And so I didn't... (sighs) Sorry, Laredo, you don't get another show. Um, this, that you guys were Corpus Christi bad and, uh, there are cities in Texas they could hit. Cause Hey, they made two event announcements. They are returning to little Caesars arena in Detroit. And they announced that they're returning to, I can't even say returning. They're actually hitting proper Austin, Texas, which, uh, Tony did promise. I believe yep. you mentioned that he said I that did. at the last show. Yep, he said he was going to hit a bigger venue, and they are doing the Moody Center. It's I think it opened in 2021, maybe. I think yeah, it was like late 2021 it opened. It's our, it's where Texas basketball plays now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's a great arena for AEW to hit. Mm-hmm. And the HEB Center has been very good to them. I think HEB Center, like Austin, Texas, has been always one, one, of, one of my favorite AEW crowds. And uh, so that's a good one for, for them to get. But finally, as it was announced at the top of the show, the women got the main event. Ruby Soho uh, would take on Dr. Britt Baker and Tony Storm. Wait, 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 before that. Sorry about this. I'm out of order. We got a elite backstage segment. Your mileage will vary on these, but I will tell you, I fucking love elite backstage segments. I don't give a fuck what anybody I thinks. Like I love their basketball bits. I don't care. Uh, these are always great to me. I think they're... I like them. I, I do. But... There, people happen to notice intentionally because you'd have to be an idiot to not think this was intentional. But uh, there's a little flicker in the screen, and we see House of Black has interrupted this segment. They they cut into the feed of it. We're getting the Elite versus House of Black at Revolution. Shut the fuck up. This is great. I almost think because I wondered last week why. They didn't, like, we knew this was where they were heading. And I wondered after the Elite versus uh, Top Flight and AR Fox, why they didn't start to plant the seeds then for uh, the House of Black. Like, even just do, like, a cut-in for it, like a little flicker. I thought that's what was going to happen last week. I thought we were for sure going to know that that match was coming because that's the Revolution match. We know this. It's coming. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to, like, hey, we got plenty of time still. We've got uh, how many shows left? Three. There, There is two Dynamites. Or two. Two Dynamites, two Rampages. So four shows, actually. Because there's three live shows that they can do. So for the love of God, give us some singles matches out of all of this. Give me Kenny Omega 
versus Malachi. Give me Kenny Omega versus uh, Buddy. Give me Buddy versus Nick Jackson. Give me Matt Jackson versus Brody King. There's so many combinations we can do with this. Do it fucking all uh, for these next four shows. <laughs> Just do it all. At least for the live shows. Okay, so we've got three live shows, right? We've got um, next week's Dynamite in Phoenix. They should announce as soon as Rampage is over. I want to see Malachi Black versus Kenny Omega as that graphic. Fucking yep. do it. And then immediately, we need to... Hey, next week on Dynamite, live from the Cow Palace, let's do uh, Nick Jackson versus Buddy. And then on the Go Home Rampage, the one right before uh, Revolution, it's a standalone show. That's where you could do Matt Jackson versus Brody King. Give us all of those matches. Every single one of them you can do between now and then you could make it so that by the time we get to Revolution with literally only two weeks to go it's a match people are desperate to see and i want to see it kenny omega should defend his iwgp u.s heavyweight championship against malachi black next week i don't want to see malachi lose just yet that's my only thing yes i do yeah i do fuck malachi uh he needs to take the uh because uh, as soon as i thought about it i'm like black kenny mass one winged angel one winged angel on malachi let's fucking yeah. get him um, or you can do you could also do buddy if you wanted to do buddy. as a matter of fact yeah because kenny can't lose so therefore you're right buddy versus kenny because kenny, buddy can lose that one yeah. uh and then you can do nick jackson versus malachi nick can lose that one and then uh and then matt can get obliterated by brody matt can get obliterated by brody that's the one those are our matches literally this wednesday this uh look i easy shit Wednesday, Wednesday, Friday. That's how you do it. That's what I want to see. Um, so, yeah, I'm not ready for Kenny versus Malachi yet. But I hate that. I hate that we just can't do that. I hate that in wrestling where, oh, God, we can't do it because somebody has to lose and yeah. somebody can't lose. It's fucking pro wrestling. Somebody has to lose. That's how pro wrestling works. So, no, give it. Just give me them singles matches. It's what I want next week. Uh, look, you can fix everything. As far as the, the low rating is concerned, as far as the low energy is concerned, <laughs> literally, you announce this shit as soon as Rampage is over. As soon, if you announce that shit, Tony... No, do it like on the Excalibur, like running down the card as quick as he can, and he sneaks in, Kenny Omega versus Buddy Murphy with IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> and literally, the graphic just passes. <laughs> no, please. Uh... Yeah, I think that would create a whole lot of intrigue for that match, and I want to see it. Yeah. We also had an Adam Cole sit-down with Renee Paquette. Oh. I thought we were going to get a lot more out of this, but this, I like, I think it gave us clarity, you know, as far as when we're going to see him back, why he hasn't been in, or why he hasn't been back yet, and he talked a little bit about his injuries, things along those lines, but he's excited to be traveling with AEW again. It was cool. I wouldn't have hyped this at all. This is one of those things I just would have been like, oh, by the way, Renee Paquette recorded this with Adam Cole last week. Let's take a look. But I wouldn't have. The, nothing really came out of it. So uh, in the main event, it's a three-way. Ruby Soho, Britt Baker, Tony Storm. 
How did you feel about this match? In ring, I liked the match. Mm -hmm. Up until the finish. I thought this finish was really terrible. Uh, I'll say this. I didn't hate the finish as much as everybody else did. I thought it was cheesy. But, like, I think people who are like, this is killing the business. Like, I thought that was a little too much. I think it was a... Um, I thought it was extreme. Uh, the match itself, I thought that... Honestly, I thought this was one of Britt's better performances in oh, yeah. in, in recent. I thought that uh, Tony and Ruby have good chemistry. And only thing I didn't like about this was that it went through a commercial break, and the majority of it took place in the commercial break, it felt like. Uh, I feel like when they got back from break, I thought, there's only like four minutes left in this show. And, uh, yeah, it was... So I thought as far as what they were doing on screen, it was working for me. I thought that they, the three of them were fine together. Crowd wasn't an, into it enough, but I was like, I'm used to it on this show at this point. And then, yeah, we got to the finish where, of course, Soraya comes in for kind of no reason. Uh, Soraya brings out the green spray paint. She sprays Tony Storm's ass as Tony Storm does her patented... Um, what is the the hip attack? It's the hip uh, attack. Yeah, she does her patented hip attack, which is supposed to splatter paint on um, Britt's face. It kind of didn't. Didn't. Uh, so didn't necessarily like the what it accomplished. It didn't really accomplish much of anything. But I didn't think this was like a killing the business moment. Um, as a matter of fact, in the context of the show, this actually made sense for what they've been doing and what they were going to go for with it. Oh yeah, and they're yeah, sweet cheeks music. That's right. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot they gave it a name. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it is a devastating move. Yeah, um, I'm happy for Ruby Soho that she got the win. And then in the end, she was torn between uh, Soraya and uh, Jamie Hader, and the show went off kind of cold. So. Uh, I'm happy for Ruby Soho getting that victory. She's actually been kind of a mainstay player, I think, for the big critique that a lot of people have had toward Ruby Soho, which is, you know, she's been wasted. I think since she's been back, she's been a very prominent player on screen. And that's one of the things that you can't really deny as far as she's concerned. Um, I see somebody saying, is this better than a pie to the face from Charlotte? Yes, it's better than a pie to the face from Charlotte, mainly because one involved... Uh, Tony Storm hitting her signature move, and the other was embarrassing Tony Storm. So, from her perspective, absolutely. Um, is it better in the sense of content? I mean, no, nothing that Soraya and Tony Storm are doing right now is for me. Um, I think this stuff kind of sucks. But uh, as far as is it better for Tony? Yes, it is. Uh, it's is it a better thing to be doing? I think that there's a um there's obviously a happy medium of doing more entertaining stuff but at the end of the day this dynamite was no good no 
uh, I didn't enjoy this. Um, Zero Prime says, uh, I know off topic, can you or SRS give an update on Rio? Uh, I'll check up on that. Um, I haven't even thought to, to ask recently. Uh, but yeah, this show was no good. Again, like I said, was it a chicken or the egg thing? Was this sh- show, <laughs> was the crowd bad because of the bad card? Or did they book a throwaway card because of a show that didn't sell many tickets? I don't know. Uh, but either way, I want to just throw this week out. Uh, Phoenix. <laughs> the, the Phoenix next week. That's it. Uh, but uh, And I'm hoping there's a little bit of regrouping on the road to Revolution. Um, but no, I didn't like this show at all. And like, I didn't hate it. I didn't walk away from this like angry. Um, obviously, I didn't spend my night on Twitter as a lot of people did basically discussing uh, doing a postmortem on this show. Instead, I did an hour and a half podcast on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I... There's no much, not much more to say. It's it wasn't uh, like I said. I don't think it's end of the world bad, but I also don't think anything is end of the world bad. But I do think that hey, it is. Uh, I would like to see some things for Revolution ramped up, and I think there are ways to do that. I am still very much into everything MJF and Brian Danielson are doing, uh, and yeah. I. I kind of think Danielson's winning. Like, there's just a piece of me that's like, there's a way to do it, and I think they're going to. Uh, And that excites me. I am excited for House of Black versus the Elite. I think just looking at the cards, and I thought this last week when they were announcing matches, I think the stuff for Rampage looks better than the stuff that they were doing for Dynamite. Um, And that we've got the trios rematch. We've got Daniel Garcia versus Ricky Starks. We have uh, Dustin Rhodes versus um, Swerve Strickland. And then you somehow were roped your way into seeing another rematch, Invert Vixen versus Jade Cargill. Yep. I saw and, this match December 21st, San Antonio. And the weird thing about that was that that match was an uh, eliminator match to get a shot at the TBS championship. But then she got a shot anyway. Here yep. in Laredo, Texas. Yep. This didn't make sense. <sighs> well, we've already kind of discussed the ratings. Um, and Brandon Thurston, of course, already reported it all. I am trying to pull it up here. Where's my Patreon post? Uh, let's see. Did you get an email? Because I usually get an email on those. Oh, there it is. I yes, did. I see it. Yeah, I did. Um, so the show was watched by 824,000. That's the lowest viewership since November 16th. And lowest 18 to 49, it did a 0.27 since January 4th, which isn't that long ago. That's like a month. Yeah. Um, and we don't have rankings information yet because Showbuzz Daily hasn't dropped those. Uh, but that's uh, not great. But what I was expecting when I saw this card, I thought uh, AEW is a show that is built on the anticipation of what people are going to see. And this particular show just didn't have it. And uh, I'm not sure. And I, I, I feel like Tony knew that. And the reason I feel like Tony knew that is watching his tweets. You could see where he had tweeted about, guys, Rampage is going to be really good. 
And the way he was tweeting that out made me feel like he knew Dynamite wasn't. And that uh, him pushing Rampage as a show of, wait, you guys need to watch this this Friday. Um, And I don't know how that's going to work out for Rampage. I know it's themed around the NBA All-Star game. But it... uh, I don't know if it's how much it can benefit from that because it airs an hour before or it ends an hour before the all-star game even starts. Yeah. So it's not like there's, they have a direct lead in it's the all-star stuff doesn't start till 9 PM Eastern. Rampage is airing at seven. So, but I know they didn't want to go against SmackDown. So that's why. Yeah. That's a shame. I mean, Obviously, I'm not going to spoil, but that opener was awesome. So Yes, and the opener, by the way, which you're talking about, is the uh, trios tag match. Yeah. Because the main event is Swerve versus um, uh, versus Dustin. So yeah. either way, uh, hey, guys, the action doesn't stop here because it's one of those Thursdays. In five minutes, I have to jump on with my dudes from Grapsity, Philip Lindsay, Righteous Reg. And we're going to be doing another edition of Ask Grapsity. If you've got questions, we've got answers. So uh, jump on over to Fightful Select. That'll be beginning here shortly. And uh, Caden, any plugs you want to make? Yes, you guys can find me on my Twitter. It's right down there at Caden, K-A-D-E-N underscore F-T-W. You can find me almost every day of the week on my channel that I have with some friends, the Around the Point Network where we just cover basically everything. And tomorrow night, we'll be doing live at around 10 p.m. Eastern to just kind of talk about the week in wrestling. And then Saturday, I will be, I should be on Fightful Select to do the previews for Battle in the Valley and Elimination Chamber. I think we're doing both. And then the watch along on Fightful Overbooked to Elimination Chamber. And I think we're also doing Battle in the Valley as well. So very, very stacked next few days for me. And I got to fly back to Florida tomorrow at 5 a.m. to make sure I'm home for everything. All right. Well, that wraps up this edition of Day After Dynamite. And, folks, I have got a slate of guests lined up for the next... Yep, we've got guests, guests lined up. So definitely be here for the next couple of weeks of Day After Dynamite. Um, and we'll keep talking. Hopefully next week is not a post-mortem show uh, because uh, those are not fun. Um, and, uh, actually the show was very fun. Um, but I think the energy around having to do it in post-mortem, uh, mode is never fun. So mm-hmm. thank you for everybody. Pile drive finisher is the, or pile driver finisher has the best line here. This dad was better than dynamite IMO. Well, thank you for that. Outside of that, folks, we'll see you next time. Have a great day. Jump on over to Fightful Select. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.